All right. Hey, welcome to church. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Stephen and Corey did a great job leading us in worship uh, today. Uh, I'm cracking up because um, one, uh, Tiff on keys gave us a little uh, amen from the keys during the during announcements. It was awesome. And then Stephen's little jam session was cracking me up. Uh, we need more things that bring us joy this year. Uh, hey, so I uh, want to say first, last night, thank you to everyone that came out for the uh, Tustin uh, drive through tree lighting. Obviously a strange year, but uh, the city asked if we could uh, sponsor part of the event. And so we did. Claire and the Poissonnier family ran point on representing voice, and they made hundreds of these little, uh, they called it uh, snowman soup. Am I getting that right? Snowman soup, which is like hot chocolate, essentially, with all little goodies in it. And we made way more. I say way. I mean, they made way more. I had nothing to do with it. They made way more than they needed to make, and we still uh, ran out. And so this team had to run across the street and get more supplies. We made more. I did help with that batch. Uh, and then we ran out of those as well. So, man, awesome. I think it just shows that people are looking for something uh, fun to do to get out with the family. But thank you to everyone who helped with that. We're going to say a lot of thank yous in this season because there's so many things that we're doing as a church uh, to try to bring hope and joy uh, to those that we're connected with. And you guys are a big part of that. So thank you for making that happen. Uh, we're in a series right now called Prepare Him Room. Prepare Him Room, we take this idea every Christmas season and going into the, the, the hustle and bustle and clutter of the Christmas season that should be focused on the Christ of Christmas. So many times uh, Jesus can be the last thing we think about in the middle of holiday parties and presents and drama with the family and all the other stuff that 2020 uh, brings us. You know, I heard it said years ago uh, in the Bible where it talks about Jesus when he was about 12 years old, his parents actually lost him at church. Uh, and I heard, heard a pastor friend tell me years ago that that wasn't the last time someone lost Jesus at church. And in the middle of this Christmas season, we want to create a couple of weeks to say, you know, let's prepare room for Christ in our hearts, in our time, in our minds, uh, and not just do all the Christmassy things and forget about Jesus. So today uh, we're going to talk about control. I know our favorite topic. Next week we're going to talk about faith and how maybe faith is not what we, uh, it may not look what we think it looks like at all, what perfect faith looks like. So we'll talk about that next week. But today we're going to talk about control. Control. And as a recovering uh, control freak, I'm telling you, this is just for me as much as it is for anybody else. So quick question. How many of you have at least one area of your life uh, that you like to have control in? How many have one area of your life? You're like, one? Are you kidding me? At least one area. And if you're trying to, like, elbow the person next to you or lift their hand up, maybe at home uh, when you're watching this, uh, maybe that's another area that you're trying to control as well. Uh, but we're going to dive into the Christmas story and this whole idea around control. And our prayer is that you find yourself in the Christmas story, that this story is still being played out today. So we'll jump right in. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It says this. That in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a village in Galilee to a virgin named Mary. You may have heard this story before. Uh, she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel, the angel, appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Then it says, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think about what the angel could mean. Confused and disturbed. A lot of us, I think, are confused and disturbed right now. We're thinking about uh, so many times this year of why did this happen? Why didn't anybody stop this from happening? I didn't know how we're going to get through this. We're asking God, God, how did you allow this to happen? 
Or maybe we've gone through a situation this year, going through right now, where we're saying, I cannot handle this. Maybe we're in a situation where we're saying, I can't figure this out, but I need to figure it out. My responsibilities say that I have to figure this out, but I don't know what I'm doing. I want, are, are people going to figure out that I don't know what I'm doing? Maybe you're in a situation where you are thinking, I never thought I'd experience this, but here I am. Or maybe you're thinking, I can't control this situation. Or I think all of us are thinking, what the heck is going on in 2020? What's going on with my friends, my relationships? The world is broken. And I don't, I, don't, I don't think the pandemic broke the world. I think the pandemic revealed that the world is broken. That our relationships are broken at some level. And it's just highlighting that because we can't hide behind the veneer anymore. So confused and disturbed was Mary. There's a Yoda thing for you. Confused and disturbed was Mary. And then it goes on to say in verse 30, the angel says, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Don't be afraid because you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He'll be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked a real simple question that a lot of us would ask if we were in her shoes. How can this happen? The storks haven't come. I know how babies are made. I'm a virgin. And so the angel replied, oh, let me explain that for you. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he'll be called the Son of God. In other words, that's not helpful. You're going to have a son. Okay, cool. I'm a virgin though. How that's, how's that going to work out? Oh, the shadow of the Most High will overshadow you. Okay. Okay, cool. Right? That doesn't make any sense. So what, how did Mary reply? I mean, this isn't convenient for me, right? Angel, what you got to realize is I got my five-year plan mapped out. And this isn't part of that, right? This isn't this. thank you for the offer, but this is super inconvenient. This isn't according to my plan and my timeline I have set out. And I don't want to be pregnant in my wedding dress. This is not the way I had planned it. No, what does Mary say? Mary says, it says, Mary responded, verse 38, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. The English Standard Version, the, the, the translation that I read most, most often, ESV, actually has recording the Beatles. It says, her, that translation says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Let it be. So here's Mary, confused and disturbed. God, this is not the way I wanted it. This is not my plan. This is going to be super awkward, super inconvenient. I have so many things I need to explain to everyone around me. This is not what I want. This is not my plan. But while that's being held in tension, let it be. Confused and disturbed, I have so many questions. Unresolved. Even the angels' answers didn't resolve any tension at all. Confused and disturbed, but yet let it be. I know what some of you guys may be thinking. You're going, okay, this is the perfect message for my spouse. They really need to hear this because they're kind of a control freak. Or my kids need to hear this, or my parent needs to hear this, or my boss. My boss, if anything goes wrong... They, they, they just go off the handle. They need to hear this to more go with the flow. But can I challenge you? We're all controlling to some degree. Right? You may say, I'm not controlling. I'm just aggressively helpful. That's kind of me, right? Be totally honest. You're not controlling. You're just aggressively helpful. But the reality is we all want to control at some level. Some of you guys, you want to control everything. You want to control what your kids wear, who they hang out with, where they go, where they go to college, their career choice, all of that. I feel like when I was five years old, my parents had my life plan mapped out for me. I don't know if you guys ever grew up in a house like that. 
I mean, sides, no, it's not my, my, not, not my notes, but gives you a, a snapshot of why I am the way I am. Maybe it gives you a little grace for me. I remember going to Tiger Cubs. That's what Tiger Cubs is. Tiger Cubs is before Cub Scouts, which is before Boy Scouts. Okay, so my brother, four years older than me, Golden Child, got Boy Scouts, Arrow of Light, hung up in the wall, you know, creme de la creme, going to college, right? So me, I didn't want to go to Tiger Cubs because you had to wear a tank top, like a wife beater kind of thing underneath your vest. I don't know what it was, your thing that you put your little patches on. I didn't want to wear that wife beater. So my mom goes, you have to, though. Granted, I'm like five years old or something like that. I'm like, my mom goes, you have to. I'm like, why? She goes, it looks really good on your college resume. Okay, so my mom is this, controlling everything. I'm like, oh, my, what five-year-old even knows what college is, right? So maybe you're, you're in that boat. You want to control everything about your kids, or maybe you were controlled by someone with great, really great intentions. I love you, Mom. Okay, or maybe you're someone who you'd like to control everyone around you, maybe uh, physically or emotionally or manipulatively or maybe just silently judging them in your heart and in your soul, right? You notice what they say and they do and you judge how they decorate, how they chew, what they believe, what they post about, what condition they keep their car interior in, which I think is actually next to godliness. If you have a dirty car, I don't know if I can, we, I can call you a friend, uh, but how they keep their car interior. Maybe you're so judgmental that you actually judge, this is a kind of an honesty check, how they vacuum. You guys ever do this? Where, like, if you ever seen someone vacuum, and they kind of vacuum like a Roomba, kind of like all over the place, and you're like, what, are, what is wrong with you? Because you know that Jesus vacuums in, like, straight overlapping lines, right? Not like a savage, right? So some of you guys, you can you control people uh, to that degree, but you want to be in control. Some of you guys, you want to control what people think about you. And social media is your secret weapon. So you curate your image so people can see you the way you want them to see you. You get to show them the life you want them to see so they go, oh, wow, that person, they're such a family person. Or they're so creative. Or they're such great decorators. Or they don't care about any of that stuff. They just eat great sandwiches and Instagram shows me all the great places that they eat. But you curate your image and you control what people see about you. And maybe it gets to the point where you're trying to take a family picture in front of the Christmas tree and you just want to take a picture to show how, like, hashtag blessed you are, like, to show the, the beauty and the wonder of the Christmas season, but you're about to, like, divorce your spouse and sell your kid and tell them, like, just smile because you're blessed, but really it should be, like, hashtag bribed or hashtag I'll sell you if you don't smile. How hard is it just to look at the camera for the love of God? Just look at the camera, both you at the same time, and smile, right? That's a really long hashtag, but here's one of the key ideas for today. The more you try to be in control, and again, this is for me, and my family is like, Dad, this is for you. I know this is for me, all right? The more you try to be in control, the more you fear losing control. The more you try to be in control, the more you fear losing control. And the more you fear losing control, the more you try to control. Let me say it again. The more you try to control, the more you fear losing control. And the more you fear losing control, the more you try to control. And this is all of us to some degree. So today is actually a really simple idea. It's not an easy idea. It takes a lot of faith, but it's a really simple idea. And on the other side of this faith, I, I really believe that you're going to see the faithfulness of God. And here's the big idea for today. You won't always have the power to control. Sometimes you will, but you won't always have the power to control. But you will always have the power to surrender. You won't always have the power to control, but you will always have the power to surrender. Right? You can't always control what the kids do, 
You can't always control the stock market. You can't control your spouse. And the sooner you realize that you can't control your spouse, the better your marriage will be. Right? But you can't control the doctor's report. You can't control your boss. You can't control your neighbors. But you can, you can control yourself. You always have the power to surrender, even when you don't always have the power to control. And so we look at Mary, we think it was easy for Mary, right? Because she's Mary from the Bible, right? Of course she can do this. But I want you to think about who Mary was. Mary was a teenager. Mary was most likely 13 or 14 years old, which has all sorts of other cultural questions, but we don't have time to unpack those today. But she was just a teenager, 13 or 14 years old. Her whole life ahead of her, full of dreams, full of what ifs, what could happen. I'm going to be a TikTok star. I'm going to be a YouTube star. Like all these dreams. And here comes this angel going, you're about to be pregnant. Angel comes in going, it's not going to be like that. Your plans are going to be put on hold. It's not going to go the way you wanted it to go, the way you dreamed about, the way you told all your friends about. And so maybe you were done at two kids and here comes bonus kid. Or maybe you're the opposite. You wanted kids and for some reason you can't conceive. Maybe you thought the job was going to be perfect, but it's not turning out the way you thought it was. Maybe there's an empty chair at the dinner table this year that wasn't empty last year. 2020 has given us a lot of reasons why our plans didn't pan out. And maybe it's a relationship relationship issue. Maybe it's a financial issue. But the reality is you find yourself disturbed and confused. Asking God, what are you doing? What are you doing? Do you even see, do you even notice what's going on? This is not the way I planned it out. And the thing is, Mary didn't know the ending. She didn't know that she was going to birth this son who would change human history. She didn't know that one day, thousands of years later, on the other side of the planet, there'd be people in Newport Beach worshiping God, having a relationship with him because what her son was about to do. She she didn't know any of that. All she knew was her life was over as she knew it. So she had to choose. In the middle of all the confusion, she had to choose her dream or God's plan. She had to choose her plans or God's purpose. She had to choose her control or God's calling. And here's what I love about Mary, and here's what we need to learn from her, that even when she didn't understand the plan, she trusted her father's heart. She trusted that he had a purpose, that God was up to something. So we see Mary, disturbed and confused, but God let it be. Does it make any sense? It's not what I want, but God let it be. And the thing with surrender is there's no such thing as partial surrender. You can't kind of surrender. Either you trust God with everything or you don't. Either you trust God with your health, your timeline, your finances, your relationships, or you don't. So what is our desire to control rooted in? I can speak for me. My desire to control is rooted in my lack of faith. That's really what it comes down to for me. My desire to control is rooted in my lack of faith. The more I overestimate my ability to control, the more I overestimate my Taka's ability to control, the more I underestimate the power and the goodness of God. Let me say that again. The more I overestimate my ability to control, the the more I underestimate the power and the goodness of God. And everything in culture, everything in my household, the way I grew up and the culture I grew up in was you have to make it happen. No one's going to make it happen for you. You got to make it happen. 
But then Jesus teaches the opposite, actually. He says in Matthew chapter 10, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. If you white-knuckle this thing and try to control everything and stress out and allow your peace to leak through your grip, you will lose it. But if you give up your life, if you open your hand and say, God, this is all yours anyways, if you surrender, it says, if you give up your life for me, you will find it. So to fully follow Jesus is to surrender control, to say, let it be. Let it be. It doesn't have to make sense that you can be confused and still go move forward with God. You can be disturbed and still move forward with God. You can have questions and still move forward in God. Following Jesus isn't about, okay, all my questions are answered. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Okay, that's what I wanted anyways. A lot of times what people call God's will for their life looks up and to the right. It looks eerily similar to the American dream. That's not always God's path for us. Surrendering control is not a one-time decision. It's a daily choice. You may have surrendered to God 15 years ago, and I think that's great. Have you surrendered today? Have you surrendered in this season? Because I tell you what, decisions in 2019 have little to no bearing in, in the reality of 2020. And you surrendering to God when you were a middle schooler really has little bearing on what your life looks like today in the middle of this pandemic. Have you surrendered today? Mary had to choose a surrender over and over. In that moment to the angel Gabriel going, okay, Gabe, that was kind of a non-answer you gave me, but I'll still, I let it be. But then later, she had to like go to Joseph, her fiance, and go, yes, we have to have this talk. Like I'm pregnant. But no, 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 I'm not cheating. It's from God. Okay. Right? Awkward. And then she has to tell the family, hey, you're going to start to see a baby bump. Joseph and I haven't messed around. And no, 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 it's from God. Joseph's on board. Okay, sure. She knew she would have to surrender all that tension, all that anxiety. Then later, after the baby was born, they'd have to run for their lives on several occasions, running away as babies are getting massacred because of her kid. She had to trust God. So many times as she's sitting on a donkey, Riding 80 miles, which we'll talk about a little bit next week, as she's fleeing for her life. All these situations, she's not thinking as a 14-year-old going, this is exactly everything I dreamed about following God. There were more than one or two situations where she was continuing to be confused and disturbed and had to surrender again that day. But Mary understood. She didn't always have the power to control, but she had the power to surrender. Now here's what's important. Fast forward about 33 years to the Garden of Gethsemane. You got Jesus praying. His stress is overflowing to the point where his capillaries are literally bursting. Where It says that, that Jesus sweat blood. Right? His capillaries are literally bursting, confused, disturbed. But then Jesus says the same thing his mom said a few decades earlier. Let it be. Jesus is saying, God, this is not what I want. If there's any other way for this to happen, I want that way. But let it be. Not my will, but yours be done. Soon after, a couple days later, he's beaten within an inch of his life and he's hanging on a cross. But this time, Mary's there. But Mary's no longer a teenager. She's a middle-aged mom. She's no longer trusting God for her. She's trusting God for her son. She, she's seeing her son 
spit on, cursed, suffering. Part of her is hoping that he gets to die soon so she can, so he can stop suffering. No mom wants to see their kids suffer. And you got Mary seeing this happen. And she sees Jesus say, into your hands I commit my spirit. In other words, let it be. This is yours. I can't control this. This is yours. And the funny thing is Jesus could control it. But he chose to surrender to God's plan anyways. If the worship team wants to come up, here's a question I want you to think about as we get ready to close here. What is it that you're trying to control that God wants you to surrender? What is it that you're trying to control that God wants you to surrender? Only you can answer that. See, God can do way more through your surrender than you can do through your control. I hope you're realizing that. God can do way more through your surrender than you can do through your control. And what's heavy in your heart, what's wearing you down, what the burden that you're carrying, what's heavy in your heart is so much better off in his hand. Personally, I've had to repent as I was preparing for this. I had to repent this week because I'm a control freak. Right? Like I told you that, I totally am. Uh, <laughs> this is hard for me. 2020 has been hard because of that. Been confused and disturbed a lot. God doesn't seem to get my memos too often. And he kind of seems to do what he wants to do. And I guess I'm supposed to follow him. But there's so much I'm trying to control. Right now, recently, our family has been trying to purchase a home. And it's one of the big reasons why we can unpack it if you ever want to know more about it is so we can do ministry long term here in Orange County. And the only way we can really do that is if we purchase something, you know, a half million dollar uh, box. So we're trying to do that. But because of the pandemic, prices are crazy. Inventory is way down and houses are going for 15 to 20 percent more than asking price. And so we're offering 15, 20% more and still losing houses. And it is exhausting. It's exhausting going, we're paying this much money and that's all we're getting? And then to still say, but you still didn't give enough? It's like, okay, God, what's going on? What's going on? It's hard. But I've had to say, God, I can't control this, obviously. I surrender it to you. Literally, I had to, as I was writing this, I had to stop prepping so I could pray that. That God, you know what neighbors we're going to need to be around. You know who we're going to meet. You know who needs us to be their neighbor. God, we trust you. It's going to happen in your timing. We're trying to find uh, what's going to go on with our church family, what building we're going to be in. I mean, we're in a pandemic, so we can't meet inside anyways, and this is like an amazing place to have church. But we're going, God, what do you want us for the future? Are we going to be outside for like the next five years? Or like, what's, what's going on? So much I want to control, but I can't. And then just like you, I have so many questions about the future. We seem to think that 2020, when it comes to an end, 2020 is going to, 2021 is going to be amazing, right? Everything was just bookended in 2020 and 2021 is like, oh, everything's fine now. We don't know. We may go three months into 2021 going, gosh, I miss for the good old days of 2020. Who knows? I think aliens invade in February. I have no idea what's going to happen. I have so many questions, but... The big thing, too, for me as your pastor is I have so much I want for you. Nellie and I pray for you guys constantly. 
We dream and we pray about you serving God fully, fully surrendering to him, not surrendering to a church or it's not about voice, but about you fully engaging with God's plan for your life, fully being on mission, going from attending church to saying, God, you have all of me, all of my time, my finances, my life. Use every breath from now till the last one I ever take and use that to expand your kingdom. That's what we dream for you because we know when you join that adventure, that'll be the best thing you've ever done. But here's the thing. I can't control you. So I have to surrender you, Voice Church, to God and hope that you surrender to God. So he's calling all of us on an adventure of faith to walk into the unknown. And so my last question is, will you say yes? Will you say yes? Will you fully surrender control? You realize you have the power to surrender and give God all of you. Or just attend church here and there. But that's up to you. But I challenge you, all the things that you want in life. I'm not saying bigger house and all that kind of stuff, but all the heart stuff, the real stuff that life is made of that you want, the stuff you were designed to have is found in God. So I challenge you whether you've given your life to God before and you've drifted or you've never given your life to God, I challenge you to do that. Make a decision. You're not joining the church. You're making a decision to follow Jesus. And if that's you, fill out a connection card. Or re if you're here in person, reach out to one of us in person and we'd love to pray with you and help you know what the next steps are. But I challenge you to go on this adventure. Say yes to Jesus. Don't just attend church. Don't just attend church. So let me pray for us and then we're going to sing this last song together. God, we give you our lives. And we say this month, we pray that it wouldn't be crowded with just the stuff of the holiday season and we elbow you out. God, we don't want to do that. God, I pray that you'd be front and center in our hearts. In the middle of so many things in this, in this world right now to be outraged about, we pray that we find our hope and our peace and our joy in you. Help us to be people of action to be people that you can trust to do things. God, would you help us to see the needs in our neighborhoods and our communities and meet those needs? People that are asking if you're real and if you care, God, I pray that you would show your love through us. We don't want to just play church. We don't want to just do services. God, we want to represent you well. We have to be fully surrendered first. So we do that. In Jesus' name, amen.